Hello and welcome to episode 35 of GameSpot After Dark, or is, as I'm keeping track here now, part three of the Work From Home edition. My name is Jake Decker, I'm your host. Joining me this week is Lucy James. Hello. Callie Plaguey. Hi. And joining us this week, a special guest, Ben Hansen, founder of MinMax. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me, everybody. Of course. Welcome. How you doing? Real good. I'm in the freezing cold MinMax studio here in uh, Minnesota, but I've been uh, a fan for a long time. Like, this is, you know, GameSpot is my favorite video gaming site. Going back to back when it was videogames.com, I stumbled across it when learning how to use the internet. So I'm so happy to finally be on it in a way here. Is this Aww. your first time, like, ever on a GameSpot thing? I think it is. I was really thinking about it. Well, like, I guess I've been on uh, the Beastcast, but that barely counts, right? They're part of the Viacom CBS family. <laughs> okay, all right, I guess. Yeah, and I was on CSI once, but that's not important. Whoa. Wait, no, I'm just hey, no, that is important. <laughs> that's not true. But, yes, thank you for having me on. Uh, anyway, we start this show off with the, well, normally we started off with what we've been playing, but this week we are going to start with the Chris from Dayton, Ohio segment, although it's going to be a little shorter. I don't have all the questions in front of me, uh, so we're going to keep it simple. We're going to go back to our roots. Wait, and... Jake, we got to do the theme song. Oh yeah, the theme song. Ready? Chris. Haven't heard that in a while. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, Ben. Yes. The gist of it is you're going to, you just tell us what you do, what you like to do, what games you like to play, just a little bit about yourself, whatever you feel like telling us. <laughs> what you don't I even like have to, to talk do. about games if you want. Okay. Oh, that's fun. No, I like talking about games. Um, yes. So, uh, hi, I'm Ben Hansen. Uh, I'm in Minnesota. I'm from Minnesota. It's an odd place to cover games, but I love it here. It's, uh, it's my favorite place to live. And so I was at Game Informer. I started at Game Informer in 2010 um, as like the first video producer, the first full-time person working on video. And so I eventually went on to like host the podcast at Game Informer. Um, but also while there, like the very fun part was I went on basically every cover story trip. So I ended up going on 80 cover story trips. So I was like spending two days at studios, filming interviews and stuff. And like on that monthly magazine rotation, it was super fun. Um, and then towards the end of last year, there were some layoffs at Game Informer that were pretty brutal. And so I decided to leave... Um, and found something called MinMax here, which is really just a studio in my basement, but it's a Patreon. So I gathered together some of the former Game Informer folks that were laid off, and now we have a whole network about games, friends, and getting better, as we put it. Nice. Congrats on that. It's been it's been fun to watch you guys build up that community and whatnot. It seems like you got a really good group of people who are sticking to you guys and following you. Oh, man. Yeah, it is absurd like uh, the whole idea of like oh yeah i guess you know at the lowest tier of the patreon we can have access to like a discord that'll be a fine thing that seems like a thing to do and it has been the most important thing like just having that sense of community and also when it's behind a paywall even though it's like such a small paywall but just like even a one dollar two dollar paywall it just like cuts out so much of the noise on the internet and everyone is just so sweet and supportive and a really interesting thing has happened too we're like since we said MinMax was uh, an overall thing, an overall site about games, friends, and getting better. Like, having that self-improvement angle has just, like, lent this positivity towards the entire community that's been really fantastic. And so, yeah, the community, I am in love with them. They, they are so great. Um, and so, like, we do um, big game club discussions. It's kind of like, seems like the thing that the community is most excited about where we have what we call the best, most thorough discussion about games on the internet, which I think is true because, like, we just wrapped up a big game club for Chrono Trigger, which we call the deepest dive, by the way. 
Um, and on that one, it was six hours of us going as in-depth as possible about Chrono Trigger, along with like hundreds of people playing and sending in comments. And then we filter those down to like the best of the best. And so it just, it gets so specific and so fun. And it's really fun to like tear a game apart in a positive way. And so we're doing one on Animal Crossing right now. And we have the Final Fantasy VII uh, remake coming up very soon. And Final Fantasy VII is my favorite game of all time. So I cannot wait to just get as detailed as possible with the community on that thing. Dang, that's really cool. Uh, I've never played Chrono Trigger. Tamora keeps telling me to play it all the time. You would love Chrono Trigger. I know. I need to play it one of these days. And I got it on DS because Tamora told me that that was a good version to get. But I don't have my DS with me, so I can't play it. Now would be the perfect time too, right? Okay, honestly, just get it on Steam. I know when it came out, everyone was like, oh, it's terrible. And it was. When it launched, they have quietly patched it to a place now where it's like, it's totally fine. Like, just play that version of font is a little bit screwy at times but just for the ease like it's a great version at this point and it it holds up surprisingly well like i love the game but we had two people on the game club it was their first time playing through it um and they're both like this is fantastic it's amazing it just like cuts out a lot of bs from old jrpgs it's it's just the good stuff yeah i definitely want to check it out i remember buying it on steam when it first came out but then i looked on reddit and everyone was like this is the worst port ever so it's like <laughs> yeah. all right, i'm gonna refund this and play it play it differently but it's good they they fixed it up yeah um, now you can just buy it again after your refund which is a fun cycle for modern yeah. gaming <laughs> <laughs> um before we move on though uh i gotta ask you sorry to put you on the spot do you have any dirt yeah. on mike mahardy <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah let's see um hmm yeah, so he was an intern at Game Informer back in the day. Um, I, we just actually had an interview with him on MinMax talking about like his time in the industry overall and stuff. And I was trying to crack that that shell a little bit because he has such a tough tone. You know, like some people are, are a little put off by his tone. of like, I don't know exactly what's going on in that head of his because he kind of has a, an odd one. But OK, I'm trying to think of dirt. I, I'm thinking of like... Um, <laughs> Let's see. I love was, that as a summary of Mike so much yeah. because I've known Mike for years and years. We used to freelance at the same time at IGN. Yeah. You've obviously known Mike for years. And yeah, you really, you're like, what is going on in your head? He'll just say something. You're like, oh, did not expect that one. Or he'll just yeah. take a bite out Miss of a him. banana, skin and all. Uh, <laughs> but or stick that banana it. right in a coffee cup. Yeah. Good times. Oh, so uh, let's see. I was trying to find like an old Halloween photo to try and remember like what costume I went as is the year before or something. So I went to Google Photos around last Halloween and just typed in Halloween. Uh, and it popped up a bunch of just debaucherous pictures of Mike and I from years ago at a Halloween party here in Minnesota where it was like, I was dressed as like this spooky slender man. And I think he was like Wayne from Wayne's World. I'm trying to remember who, no, he was Marty McFly or something. But it was just like a lot of like, basically almost making out shots just drunken blur and I was like I don't remember this is a weird thing to have in my phone but that is the Mike Mahardy in my mind now is him trying to make out with Slenderman <laughs> I really it. hope I it was it. Wayne yeah. from Wayne's World like he went without a Garth like he's just he was just Wayne by himself <laughs> shows up to a party hey maybe I can find my Garth here let's see how it goes <laughs> you never know <laughs> and you were that Garth for him, even That's though you were right. not dressed that way. That's right, spiritual Garth. But yes, he's a dear friend and a sweet guy. Anyway, Callie, how's uh, Animal Crossing coming along? It, you know, I've got great news. Our store is finally upgrading. So 
talked about that last week and how it was actually driving me to the brink. Um, and yesterday, Isabel made the announcement that business was booming. Nook's cranny was going to get updated. Took and it's what, under construction days? today. Took 33 days. I have Jeez. no idea what the requirement is. Oh, I've no. been asking everybody because like we've been working on a lot of guides and I want to get this information. And I've been like consulting with different people like who have had their store upgrade and I'm hearing 28 days. I'm hearing 70,000 bells spent. I'm hearing all these things. Well, I spent like way above 70,000 bells and it was 33 days for me. So maybe there's something that we don't mm. know, but that guide comes out on April 9th and I did buy it. So there's that, but it's bunny day now the bunny. Well, April 12th is actually Bunny Day, which is Animal Crossing's version of Easter. Um, in the Japanese, they just call it Easter. And it's like, it's kind of funny to me because it's really like a fucked up take on Easter with like a horrible rabbit, like Five Nights at Freddy's ass. I don't like that <laughs> rabbit. I don't like that rabbit. He looks like, like a serial killer. He comes starting on April 1st, at least this year. It's like a rolling. They have kind of like a live game, like ongoing game. Uh, approach to New Horizons. So this year it's April 1st through 12th. You can find eggs all over your island and craft them and the horrible bunny will give you rewards. It reminds me of that episode of Futurama where they have Robot Santa and everyone hates him and is terrified of him and like pulls all their blinds down so the Robot Santa won't visit. That's what that bunny reminds me of. I hate him. (laughs) Futurama, you you can't prove it won't happen. (laughs) It's true. Did you see that uh, Twitter video that was being sent around where like somebody using the camera mode was yes. looking at Zipper T Bunny as he's dancing around and doing his usual Zipper T Bunny stuff and then like walked away and it turns out like when you're out of frame and far away from Zipper T Bunny then he's like Whew, and he like sighs and just what? like relaxes basically just lights a cigarette not really but <laughs> like he just completely turns off his character which is such a fun detail that how would they think of that? Yeah, like I would have loved I, if so, he just like takes his mask off and then just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. It's just like Tom Nook. I <laughs> um I saw that before I saw the Twitter video. I saw it because I was trying to take like creepy photos of Z- Zipper T Bunny because he was standing behind one of my trees and I wanted him to look like a serial killer, so I was taking like artsy <laughs> photos As in you the do. camera mode. Yeah, and um, very on brand, I think. And I walked out of frame, and then he did that. He like sighed and just like went like he like he kind of just is like, all right, cool. They're not on to me anymore. Like it's really <laughs> weird. I don't like it. But anyway, that's going on. I'm looking forward to the Earth Day event. Seeing what happens with Leaf, the lovely sloth, who's very happy. Um, also, um, I have a villager in my town that Jake really wanted. It was like the only villager that you wanted. Jay. Uh, and he, Jay. And he told me today that he wants to move out. So I'm letting him move out and hopefully he'll go to Jake's town. Because I, I think you so. can, once they're really like. really cool. Yeah. Once they're packing up their boxes, I'm almost positive you can like, if Jake can come to my town and like talk him into moving to his island. Really? See, this is the fun part about Animal Crossing right now, though, is the fact that you're like, I'm almost positive. That's what I love about Animal Crossing is it's all, it just feels like word of mouth. Like, I think this is what is triggering this for me. I don't know. It feels like we're all back in the schoolyard. It's such a fun vibe. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm having a great time. I mean, I'm not having a good time from a I have to write guides perspective on it, not knowing things. But I'm having a great time talking to people and being like, 
oh, like, does fruit still rot? Can you try it for me? Like, oh, does this happen in your town? Because this thing happened. Um, and so we're going to find out tomorrow if Jake can actually steal this villager from you, basically. Nice. Fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lucy, how about you? You've been playing some Control. new DLC. Oh, man. So I loved Control. Control was one of my favorite games of last year. Um, I was super excited for Foundation to come out. And then... I started to play Foundation and I realized, I remembered that I've just completely forgotten how to play Control. It also didn't, it didn't help that I started to play and when you boot up the DLC, it unmaps the uh, service weapon and removes all your mods. I think it just must be like a bug, but I saw a couple of people say that on Twitter and I was like, oh yeah, that would help, wouldn't it? But So you have to like just re, it doesn't like erase it, you just like have to redo it, just, it in your inventory. Yeah, but it but I didn't realize that in the first combat encounter. Oh, <laughs> so no. I was like, wait, is this is this a part of the DLC? I've just like lost all my powers or something? No, I just didn't have my weapon. Um, but it's it's super. I mean, Control is one of the most confident. It's one of the most confident games I think I've ever played in terms hmm. of its tone, its aesthetic, its style, um, and honestly, I just. Even though it's been a, few, a while since I've played any of it, I think the last time I played some control was October last year. I was just spending time like levitating around and using throw and just chucking stuff. Launch, sorry, and just uh, throwing rocks at people because it's just it just feels so good. Um, foundation itself, it's tough, but I think part of that was just me being out of practice. Totally. Um, but it's so good. And now that I'm playing it, it has photo mode that I keep. I just keep getting distracted. But it's it's great. I love Control. Yeah, it's got such a cool look, too, because it's like you're yeah. underneath the oldest house at the foundation of it, of course. Mm-hmm. And so, like, all the ground is, like, cool red sand and yeah. stuff, at least in, like, the starting areas, which is the only area that I've played so far. Mm-hmm. But it looks sweet. It's so good. Is it... Don't get into specifics, because I, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to spoil anything, but is it answering some questions that were lingering from the end of control i'm looking forward to playing it um but like i haven't played the other dlc so far just because as fun as that game was to play right i i'm waiting for story especially alan wake stuff oh man alan wake i'm very excited for that but no this is um i want to say that it'll answer the questions right now it's just presenting me with more but in a really cool way i think like the main um sort of storytelling thread that you're following is one of the characters who you meet in the main uh campaign uh marshall i believe has gone missing and you're trying to track her down. And that's why you go to the foundation. And it's like, even though I'm down there and I have uh, both of the new powers now, so one of them lets you, it's not really so much a power, it's just breakable environment. So you can sort of break holes in the ground if enemies, there are new enemies and they are tough, but uh, you can break holes in the ground uh, so that they'll fall through them. And the other one is you can pull these sort of mineral you can either pull them into spikes or pull them onto new um, platforms to uh, traverse over so you can kind of get to new places. So I have those, but story-wise, I'm still very much in the dark. Mm-hmm. But How's the know. checkpointing? It's better. The, uh, but I think I think there's just more of them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And the area that it puts you in in the foundation itself, it's very much, you know, like you'll do an area and you... There's a centralized area and then you'll go off and do a section of it and then you'll unlock a little pathway back. And, you know, it just feels like it's a lot more open. I'm not doing as much fast travel anymore. It's And checkpointing wise, because there was a section where I was dying a lot, but um, the checkpoint was really good. 
Yeah, and they also like redesigned the map a little bit to make it easier to read. Mm. It's pretty subtle, but they have like a blue tint now, so you can have a better idea of like what's an upper level, what's an over, like lower mm. level. Because that's definitely my main complaint about the main game is I spend so much time looking at that map, like what, where am I supposed to be going here? Yeah, it was a, a shockingly detailless map in some ways. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I think I guess this is okay. I I totally agree, but then I kind of found that I was overcompensating by looking at the signs in the game. Which I kind of enjoyed doing more. I was like, oh, okay, I need to go to research. I need to go to this section. I'll just follow this sign and hopefully it'll be through there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I didn't that was intentional or not. I didn't use the map for most of the game, I would say. I was just following that. And then I found the map and I think I opened it and I was like, no, this is, this is not helping. But occasionally wow. you get to the point where it would be like, all right, I got to use the map. And then I'd sit there and stare at it for a long time while I tried to figure out where I was, where I needed to go, how different corridors overlapped or didn't overlap but yeah, yeah that game's good i'm excited to come back to it Hell yeah i can't wait i mean i'm taking my time i guess i'm waiting because i'm playing animal crossing but i'm excited <laughs> have time. you can wait for necessary things like talking to yes. zipper t yeah. bunny oh my god i know <laughs> but that's me yeah just control um i guess i'll talk about what i've been playing before we get to you ben because you've been sure. playing an exciting new game that Ooh. none of us have played yet. Yeah, well, uh, new. Newish, yeah, I guess. Yeah. New in a sense. Uh-huh. Uh, I guess for my Half-Life update, I finished all the Half-Life games, except for Alex. Uh, I'm still halfway through Alex. I finished episode one and two. I think last time we did this, I had just finished Half-Life 2 for the first time. Uh, moving, And then I moved quickly on to... Um, Episode one and episode two finished both those. I really liked episode two. I thought it was great. My favorite part about it, though, was actually not in the game. I was looking up a guide just to get some of the collectibles. And at the very end of the guide, it said, we'll see you in Half-Life 2 episode three. Oh, and it was no. like on a Game Facts guide from like 2004 or whenever. And I was like, heartbreaking, heartbreaking. <laughs> Oh no! Uh, yeah, but no, like, that was photos my Photos taken part, but... seconds before disaster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you um, had to, if you had to rank the Half Lives, if you say that like episode and episode, episode one and two are like their own game entries, how would you okay. rank everything you've played so far? Ooh, that's tough because I liked episode two a lot more than I liked episode one. But I think I think Half Life one. Well, to be fair, I didn't play Half Life one. I played Black Mesa. Oh, okay, and I that's fair. Think I think that was my favorite one. And then I would probably say the episodes and then Half-Life 2. Um, like I've said before, I, I did end up really liking Half-Life 2, but I think I just played it too late. Like a lot of the impressive technical design and stuff like that was just kind of lost on me because it's, I mean, it's still impressive, but it doesn't have that same effect as it did in what, 2003, 2004. Um, that said though, I really enjoyed them. I'm very excited to go back in and finish Alex because uh, I made it about halfway and I was told I should stop and see how the other games ended. Um, but I'm in the process of upgrading my PC because it was having a lot of trouble playing Alex. So I'm gonna wait for that. And then hopefully next week or maybe the week after, I can give my final thoughts, rank all the Half-Life games. Did you have a chance to play Alex, Ben? No, I watched Serial Vasquez. Uh, we streamed like the first hour and a half here at MinMax um, and I get nauseated really easily. And so uh, okay. I was having a tough time Me watching too. him. And so I was like, okay, I can't even play it. but. Maybe I'll try it again and watch like Danny O'Dwyer's like uh, it's on his personal channel, but he has like a full walkthrough where he's mm -hmm. going through the game. So I tried watching that again. I'm like, I, I can't. It makes me too sick. So I then have just listened to a bunch of spoiler casts about it. And it sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> That's the boat Lucy and I are in. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, Greg has a um, has a Vive index, and Vive has always historically been the the headset that I've had the least amount of trouble with. So I am tempted, but at the same time, part of me is like, oh, if I go through all the hassle of setting it up again, and and I feel sick, is that? I mean, to be fair, I've not got much else going on, so I could just do it. <laughs> just load up on Dramamine, and you might be able to blast yeah. your way through it. Yeah, Ginger, Ginger's I, I, good. Hmm. I think there's a mod now where you can just play it all with mouse and keyboard. Uh, Already? Really? Yeah, I thought I saw someone on Twitter being like, here's how you can play with mouse and keyboard. It probably doesn't work very well because it seems a little too quick, but give it time, right? I bet you. Like, sure, I've played that game and it's definitely meant to be played in VR, but if you can't get through VR and someone has a mod to play that mouse and keyboard and you really like Half-Life, I think it's probably totally worth doing because... Some of the story beats I've seen so far are really cool. It'll definitely won't feel as tense or exciting as I'm sure it would be because, like, you know, in Half-Life 2 alone, you probably fight more head cra- or more uh, zombies in one level than you do in the entirety of Half-Life, Alex. But, like, still, apparently that story and that ending is, is worth it, so. Yeah. And you know it, too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I do. it seems very cool. I'm I'm happy for Half Life fans. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, and then apart from that, I played a bit of the Modern Warfare Two Remaster, and man, that game like goes off the rails so fast. I forgot like in a, how in a nuts. good way. Barely remember it, man. Like yeah, I guess in a good way. But like the first level in that game is already way more bombastic and ridiculous than any level in Modern Warfare One. Like, I don't know if you remember, I didn't remember it, I had completely forgotten it, but you go through this town, you blow up this bridge, you go through this town in a tank, and all these buildings are collapsing, and I think Marines shout hoorah at least 50 or 60 times throughout the <laughs> the, the 10 minute level, and like, it is, it is absolutely absurd that that game came from what was Modern Warfare 1, not to say that Modern Warfare 1 wasn't ridiculous and bombastic, but... They were definitely in the sequel mentality, I guess, with that back in 2009. Yeah, I mean, I love Modern Warfare 1 and it. I mean, they literally, let's, let's stay frosty is a big thing in that game. They do the, all that shit, but I have a lot of nostalgia for Modern Warfare 1. I feel like my memory of Modern Warfare 2 is just only no Russian. Like, I just yeah. really have yeah. very mm-hmm. little uh, that sticks out to me. Whereas, like, Modern Warfare 1, there was so much that, like, you know, like, all gillied up in Mile High Club and even, like, the nuke going off. Um, Modern Warfare 2 is just, like, the the no-Russian discourse, and that's mm. it. So, I I mean, I, I am curious what people's take on no-Russian is, especially, like, now. But I also am, like... Maybe I just want to play that game again. Can we not do that? And I kind of want to just play the game again and try to remember what it was like. Yeah, I I haven't seen like the hot take uh, squad out there for no Russian yet. Maybe I'm just uh, not on Twitter as much as I should be. Are people writing the big thing pieces about this thing again? I think I saw one. Okay. But for the most part, I don't think I've seen it, which Mm. I'm kind of thankful for. I was like, we we already did this in 2009. (laughs) It doesn't feel that long ago. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think in, you know, the if it's written the right way, it's still worth doing. But yeah, totally. I'm not looking forward to, like, Twitter threads. And, 
Like, I, I would rather read a whole piece about it than, like, totally. six different people's Twitter threads. No. Here's why well, no Russian is problematic. Tweet <laughs> one of question mark. Yeah, yeah and it's like, <laughs> like we've don't done this. I've been here. Well, yeah. the, you can't buy the campaign in Russia, apparently. I mean, oh, it I makes mean, sense. Really? But, yeah, it's unavailable in Russia. At least this is what this is what I saw on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, so maybe it's not true, but I would 100% believe it. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, Russia had problems with it originally, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they're also pissed about the remake or new version of Modern Warfare about, like, what was it, that, uh, the Bridge of Death or whatever that the exact scenario was. Yeah. The Highway, highway of, death. of Death. Right, right. So maybe there's still some ill will over that saga. Yeah, yeah. which... I, mm, I don't... I, 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 <laughs> I, can't even, I can't even get into that. I will say I definitely like recommend revisiting Modern Warfare 2 if if you've got a PlayStation 4 and if you've got $20 to to burn cuz it is it is interesting. It it feels like a very different game. It, I don't think it's aged. Now, I guess to be fair, I haven't finished it. I've only played the first couple missions, but I don't think it's aged nearly as well as Modern Warfare. Part of that might be due to the fact that I think they spent a lot more time on that Modern Warfare remaster than they have with the Modern Warfare 2 remaster. I don't know that for certain, but just the i i'm getting that vibe so far whether or not it's true i don't know um hmm. but it is interesting i think modern warfare 2 has a lot of great set pieces but it just it it really lacks the subtlety that made i think modern warfare's campaign kind of more than the sum of its parts i'd say mm. yeah i was talking to yeah. phil hornshaw um an editor at gamespot um who's been playing uh the remaster and we were just kind of talking about how Call of Duty stories, like outside of some standouts, are have kind of devolved, or have been not devolved because it's been that way for a while, including Modern Warfare Two. It's either like we were going to make this about PTSD and then we decided not to, or the good guys had to do some bad things, but they're still good, okay, with some like insanity in there. Both both kinds, like Black Ops, also has its crazy weird stuff. Um, but those are like the two flavors of Call of Duty story that you get. Mm. And yeah. I think that's another thing, having played the Modern Warfare Remasters recently, is like, I don't know, th that game is not like a masterpiece of storytelling or anything, but I think it had, like, it really did try um, in ways that some other Call of Duty games did not. So, mm. totally. Um, one thing I will add just really quick is uh, the I think I've actually talked about it before, but the Infinite Warfare campaign gets a lot of shit because people hated Infinite Warfare. But that campaign is really good. And That's I think a what lot of Phil said. It. Phil What's was that? like, it's so it's, infinite. it's the one that, do you remember when the, I, they had Kit, the trailers for it? it? Is it yes, Kit it's the Kit Harrington. Yep. Yep. Yeah, the big old Kit one. That's the one that I didn't play. Cause I played yeah, most the people one didn't play it because... Kevin YouTube. Spacey. It was the most disliked video on YouTube for, I think it still is. Oh, yeah, and it came out with the Modern Warfare remaster, so most people just played the Modern Warfare remaster. Right. Yeah. yeah. But the campaign was like really good because it was all one shot. Like you'd start the game oh, on Earth, and then yeah. you'd get into a spaceship, and then you'd fly to your base, and then you'd go into your base, and you'd interact with different crew members. You'd pick different missions on a map, and then you'd go down to your hangar, get in your ship, fly to the mission do the mission, get back in your ship and fly back. It was all seamless. It was, it was really cool. And like, I get why, 
uh, Infinity Ward didn't want to continue to pursue that because the fans were really mad about it. But I thought that game was pretty cool. You know, it's no press F to pay respects. Not. That's true. <laughs> anyway, Ben, what have you been up to? Oh, hey, I don't know. Uh, so last night I finished Resident Evil 3. Um, finished the remake, yeah. And I am fascinated by the reception of that game. It is all over the place. Yeah. And it's it's so fascinating. So GameSpot, it's like a review in progress right now. Is that right? It actually should be. By the time this goes up, it'll be final. Okay, okay. But it was still on the lower end of the spectrum from what I saw. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a it's a six. It is a six. Okay, gotcha. Um, yeah, I I really enjoyed my time with it. It's such a weird thing because I think a lot of people talking about it are going to naturally compare it to the Resident Evil 2 remake, which last year was uh, Min Max's game of the year for 2019. We really loved it here. And so when you're talking about Resident Evil 3's remake, it's just a lot of talking about the negatives. And it's important, I think, to zoom out and just like, big picture, I had a really great time playing this game. I enjoyed it maybe... 70% as much as I enjoyed going through Resident Evil 2. But like that 30% is just a lot of like, well, then this, then this, and this. Yeah. And I know a lot of uh, hardcore Resident Evil fans are a little bit upset that like re they're removing some of the replayability and they've stripped out some big things that were in the original, like key locations and stuff like that. But like I played that original game, you know, over 20 years ago. I remember fighting some sort of worms in a graveyard, something like that, you know? So I'm not that annoyed if big chunks are missing. I don't really notice it as much. So I had a really great time with it. it like, what's everybody looking forward to with this remake? Like, what's your best case scenario for playing this thing? Uh, I, I I mean, I really liked Resident Evil 2 Remake as well. Uh, and I just kind of want more of that, I would say. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. I've also, Resident Evil 3 is the only one, actually, I haven't finished Resident Evil 1, but Resident Evil 3 is the only one I haven't, started or played at all of the mainline series so i just kind of want to play it to see what happens but i don't know i liked resident evil remake 2 a lot so i'm excited yeah i think you'll have a good time with it like it really it moves maybe it moves too fast like there's definitely moments of what is happening with the story and i know the writing is never spectacular in resident evil games but when this one in particular it's like by the time things are wrapping up i'm like i don't really know who these characters are i've barely interacted <laughs> with them it and it just, it um, it dials up the action much more than Resident Evil 2's remake. And it's tough when talking about that because it's like, oh, it's inching back into that kind of like Resident Evil 5 territory. But it's not, it is not Resident Evil 6. You know, it is not to that level yet. It's just like starting to maybe think about going back in that direction. And a lot of fans, I think, are going to be a little bit upset about that overall. Um, but if you're looking for like, you know, if you're not big on replaying Resident Evil games and you just want a fun experience that is very similar to Resident Evil 2's remake, I think you'll have a great time with it. Like, I finished it in six and a half hours. I know some people are complaining that it might be a little bit short um, and, you know, not different scenarios and stuff like that. But maybe it's just because I enjoyed having just a shorter experience. And also then at the same time, uh, I'm a notorious coward. Like, Resident Evil 2 just terrified me. And I realized, like, I was three-fourths the way through Resident Evil 3, and I was like, I haven't really been scared yet. Like, this is <laughs> this is a good sign, I think, for what I want from games, is that, like, okay, it's not that terrifying. It's intense when Nemesis comes out, but it doesn't freak me out the way that, mm -hmm. you know, a liquor would in Resident Evil 2. Sure. And I See guess that, as well, like, oh, the flip side of sorry. taking... Because it could, it could also be the 
you could have the alien isolation problem in that if that game was 10 hours, it would have been perfect. And it was like the perfect level of intensity and horror. But it was stretched out to, I think when I played it, it was like 20 something hours. And by yeah. the end, I was like, oh, it just keeps going. And I'm right. bored. And Nemesis that really detracted from my point. experience. Yeah. So like, I can understand the I, the people who are happy that it's short. Because it feels like there's always a discourse about, oh, games are so long these days. Right, but. right. And maybe if, you know, you're not into the Resident Evil Resistance multiplayer mode and stuff like that, like it seems like a good game for like once it goes on sale, you yeah. know, five months from now, you'll pick it up and have a solid time with it. But on the Nemesis front, obviously he's the, the star of the show here. And a big complaint is that he's a lot less dynamic than he was in the original. So it's a little more set pc and he just pops out at the same times every time. But again, if you're playing through that once, like you will still, your heart will race when he pops out, you know, like I'm not big for set pieces overall, even like Call of Duty. Like I play all those campaigns and I enjoy them, but at the same time, I'm never like, yeah, oh my God, the explosions or anything. But like every time Nemesis popped out, it was like, okay, here we go. You know, cold sweat as I'm just trying to get around the corner, trying to dodge zombies on my way to somewhere safe. So He's still intense, even if he's maybe not as interesting as a lot of people were hoping, because a lot of people were hoping, based on Mr. X and Resident Evil 2's remake, that, oh my god, imagine that, but blown up to a whole game, and that's what Resident Evil 3's nemesis could be. It is not an expansion on Mr. X. It's almost a dialing back of what people liked about Mr. X. That's something that Alessandro mentioned in his review, too, right, Kelly? Um, yeah, I, I there were a couple things you touched on that, that Alessandro did talk about in his review, like... Um, the set piece moments and like kind of how that that was a little jarring to him like um and obviously i don't want to speak for him but having edited his review he talked about like you kind of get swept up by the story taking you from location to location and you don't really get to like sit with anything too long yeah um so that the the brevity of the game like i i like short games because i like completing things (laughs) it makes me feel accomplished but uh, he was just talking about how, like, by the time you get used to a place, you're, you you got to go, and the characters, like, you, there's just, uh, there's something, there was something not quite right about that to him. Um, yeah, so you, I totally respect that. Yeah, it is an odd feeling, and I was thinking about, like, what, why does it feel like it's moving so fast? And I think it's a small thing, and maybe not character-focused, but um, there really aren't puzzles in it. It's pretty bizarre how much they've stripped out on that front. So there's not much of like going through the files, reading things, uh, not too much of like rotating objects. Like basically it's like, okay, you're going to be doing a lot of lock picking, picking up a lot of keys and just slowly working your way through it. But it turns out when you remove that puzzle aspect from Resident Evil game, it just, you feel like you're studying your environment and really soaking in each Roman moment a little bit less. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I... I think I, I, so Resident Evil 2 Remake was my first Resident Evil game, which is weird because my brother is like super into Resident Evil. He's played all of them. Um, I just like never, I don't know, I just never got into it. And I liked being scared. There is footage of me screaming at liquors, but it was a lot of fun. Um, And so I, I would rather have that. I like things in that sense that are slower paced and less action focused, uh, where I get to feel that tension and not be stressed out about 
Like, it's it's weird. I know being scared and being stressed are very similar emotions, but they are distinct to me. Um, so I'm excited to play it because I know my brother's definitely going to play it. And I'm with my family right now, so I'll be able to, like, at least watch him play it and and see how he likes it and see if it's something I'd be interested in. But I'm not sure that the action focus is exactly what I'd be looking for. So... Yeah, it's yeah. also um, significantly easier than the Resident Evil 2 remake. Like, I, if you're a Resident Evil fan, mm-hmm. I would recommend playing on a harder difficulty out of the gate because playing it on normal, I'm, I am not good at games in general, Resident Evil in particular. Um, and so playing through it, I was even like, man, I have more than enough ammo at all times. I really, I mean, I have so many herbs sitting around and first aid sprays that I never used. It's really, really generous. And it kind of gets away from that beauty of the Resident Evil 2 remake, I feel like, where it felt like every room was, oh, my God, I'm out of ammo. I'm effed. I don't know how this is going to work. Okay, I found one more bullet. Great. Now I can get by. And there's not really that tight sense of, like, the perfect balance of desperation like there was in Resident Evil 2. Have you have you had a chance to play the multiplayer at all? Um, I just like the just the tutorial. Um, okay. So, yeah. yeah. It, I guess it's probably not live yet, or there's not too many people playing well, they have, it right now, right? Yeah, they have the beta, which I know had problems launching on PlayStation Four, but I think it's up on Xbox and, and Steam right now. And so maybe the review build was separate from that because I was waiting for a while for uh, a lobby to fill on Steam, and it wasn't happening. Okay. Um, oh, Alessandro was able to get into matches. That's what we were waiting for for the review in progress, and it's okay now. Yeah. Oh, uh, were there any takeaways there? Um, that it has interesting ideas, but it's pretty clunky. That it doesn't the the controls don't feel super responsive, according to Alessandro. Um, it sounds like like he he said like in its best moments, especially when you're playing as the mastermind, because it's an asymmetrical multiplayer sort of deal. So if you're like the one player that gets to be evil, um, he said in his review that there's moments that makes it feel like a a real time strategy take on survival horror, and like huh. those are its mm. peaks but that it's brought down a lot by the the clunkiness of the gameplay um it's definitely an interesting one because it's it seems to still be in beta but the all the monetization is live obviously you can buy it it's part of the resident evil 3 package um that's why it qualified for review for us um because we did that with warzone as well call of duty warzone is technically in beta but it's ostensibly a complete game and all the monetization is live um so we did that with Resistance as well. So maybe that's something that like it has the potential to get better is kind of the the gist that I'm hearing. I talked to um, my friend Max Scoville about it, and he was all excited about Resident Evil 3 as well. He said he had a good time. So Yeah, it's a, yeah that multiplayer mode, it definitely feels like something that years from now, there's going to be a, a strange fan base out there of like, you know what was actually cool was that weirdo <laughs> thing that they bundled with Resident Evil 3. Like, that was awesome. Um, and But like somebody wrote into the MinMech Show podcast uh, this week asking like, what, why didn't they just make a Left 4 Dead style thing? It seems like people are so hungry for that. You just take the Resident Evil items and enemies in there. Like, not that, oh, bing, bang, boom, piece of cake, Capcom. But like that formula, <laughs> it would have been a perfect fit for this. And to go for the asymmetrical thing, it's... It's funky, it's cool, I just don't know it's, if it's going to have as much of an audience. Yeah, it, asymmetrical multiplayer is kind of like having a weird moment, I feel like. I don't know, I was thinking yeah. about like the, well, the Prey, Doom DLC, Doom. Yeah, I played, so like, I played Predator yeah. the weekend, in yeah. Yeah. For that, which was so much fun. It's like oh, the really? perf- It's the perfect amount of janky. <laughs> there, was a point, there was a point where 
I was playing as a soldier and I got stuck in uh, in the environment. I got stuck in the base of a tree and we had to, We were, it was all five of us playing were on party chat. So we had to sort of enter into this agreement with, I think, oh, I can't remember who was playing as the predator, but it was like, because there's no, there's no friendly fire. So we had to enter into a, an agreement with the predator that they would come and kill me. <laughs> and then they would go away in the opposite direction for like 20 seconds and then come back once I had been rezzed by my team. You've got <laughs> a like deal. Perfect, perfect level of jank. It, and it was a lot of fun. I'll go back to my starting point. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> One, two, three. <laughs> So it's like I played it a little bit too. It feels kind of like a PS3 level shooter. It's a weird yeah. level uh, of quality on that thing. But I guess if you have a group of friends rolling with it, it could be a good time. Yeah, we we were lucky because I think um, my roommate was trying to play too, and he just couldn't get into. It took him forever to get into matches. Whereas because we were rolling as a five, you know, we were we would just go in straight away, and it was a lot of fun. Okay. But then we didn't play for that long. We went back to Overwatch very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I do want to try that out. Um, Fun. Because, like, I, if anything, it, it reminded me a lot of, like, Dead by Daylight and the Friday yeah. 13th game. And as janky and buggy as those games were when I played them, uh, it, it was still just fun to mess around with friends in. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know what I was thinking about with Resident Evil 3? Uh, and then also I was thinking about it again when I finished Kakarot, the Dragon Ball game earlier this year, is, like, I think we need to be more appreciative that quick time events have just basically gone away. Like those two games yes. in particular, seems like they should have been packed with quick time events. <laughs> yeah. Zero. It is stunning that that is just gone. It's weird. It's, you know, I feel like there was such a big outcry about them and then yeah. they just quietly went away. And we need to appreciate that. I don't know if that, I would have know? noticed if you hadn't said anything, but you're right. I'm trying to think of like the last game I played with quick time events. God of War? Those were like debatable quick time events for 2018 like yeah days gone oh days gone, oh, days gone. <laughs> okay well it's days gone <laughs> but yeah it's nice that we've moved on and the nice thing too is like yeah it's fine you don't feel more or less engaged it turns out they were basically overblown you know it's like it's not necessary to mash on the a button to feel more connected to goku's like struggles like you got it you get the idea Oh man, did anyway. Death Stranding have quick time events? Death Stranding? Death Stranding? Mm. I don't think so. I don't remember. See, I, I like... just it's like it's one of those things that just quietly fades away. Like I can't even really Yeah. Remember. Anyway, sorry, Jake. Uh, I was gonna say, should we move on to news topics? Yeah. Yes, can I start with some important news? Yes. Go for it. The Pokemon World Championships were cancelled. <laughs> no! Oh no! That is In England, shame. right? They were going to be in, in London. UK. Oh. Uh, they are, as far as I know, supposed to be in London in 2021. And any points that players accrued over the season so far are going to roll over into that, which means plenty more time for me to get ready for my competitive debut. Um, <laughs> hey, you're um, doing pretty well, aren't you? Yeah. Probably took a break because of Animal Crossing. I've been taking a break because of Animal Crossing, but I, I, I feel like the first step was getting like an encyclopedia of knowledge. I did that. Now I have to practice. Um, but I, I bring it up partially because uh, Jake and I got to hang out with you, Ben, at the yeah. World Championships last year in Washington, D.C. Um, and I missed the World Championships, and I was so looking forward to going, especially because I haven't been to London in many, many years. And so I was excited to see like friends like Will Potter, who would go yeah. for the uh, trading card game. He's the one who sent me the news. 
Um, and obviously, like, yes, it should be canceled due to the circumstances. Uh, but this is like the first event that I've been actually pretty sad about being canceled. So over E3, I mean, besides E3, <laughs> okay, you know, I was sad about E3 too. But E3 is also well, Pokemon World Championships are work too. But yeah, I um, I just wanted to bring that up. Uh, if you are interested in playing the World Championships, please check out the guide videos that Jake and I made about how to do it. <laughs> yeah, please do, because those were very thorough, and they need more views. <laughs> please give them more views. Please. We were so hard. <laughs> Maybe just open up a monitor and play them on repeat please. in the background or something like that. I would love that. <laughs> we worked so, so hard for so long. <laughs> We can make a new Let's Play series here at MinMax. We'll just watch the YouTube video over and over and over again. <laughs> oh my god, a partnership. Reactions episode one, two, three. <laughs> Please watch that. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess speaking on uh, things getting canceled, QuakeCon has been canceled, which was scheduled for August 6th and 9th, and also Bethesda canceled its E3 showcase. Uh, I'm surprised they waited till now to do that. I, th- I figured they just canceled it with E3, but I was scrolling through our uh, news feed today and saw that. And I was like, oh, I was okay. surprised that Pete Hines did it on April Fool's Day. <laughs> I oh, know. that's a good like, point. I didn't even think of that. Oh, God, we're I recording mean, on April Fool's Day. Yeah, we should say. But then yeah. the thing is, is like this stuff going on, like um, Shroud posted today that he's going to go pro in Valorant, the riot shooter. And I'm like, is this a joke? I genuinely can't tell anymore. Oh no. Cause like <laughs> he could go pro in Valorant and it would be great. Yeah. yeah. I was really, it's April Fool's Day. I was really banking on people just not doing April Fool's Day this year, just kind of ignoring it. I but, liked um, the Blizzard one. The Overwatch one. The Overwatch and one. And I'm not just nice. saying that because I'm a huge Overwatch fan, but the Overwatch one was good. And the April PUBG Fool's thing Prince. seems silly and Ooh. fun. What was the, the PUBG, PUBG one? PUBG, they have like a special event where it's all like, I haven't checked it out, but I definitely want to stream it at some point, but it's all like D&D characters on the island. Ooh. It's like this whole twist. So that's oh, like that a fun game rad. mode. Yeah. Oh, Jake, we got to bring the boys back together to play some PUBG. <laughs> <laughs> Return of PUBG. I think it's time. I think it's probably time. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but the Bethesda stuff, that's understandable, but I'm like, oh, I just want to know more about what Arcane are working on. Was it called I Death want to know Loop? more about Starfield too. On oh, Starfield, I, yeah. I was the interesting thing about the E3 showcase is that theirs would have been digital, and the justification, at least from what I saw, was that it was canceled because of like the it would be hard to prepare it, not that because it it wouldn't be like a physical thing. Yeah, um, so I think that's as well, what just took the, long, so long. Just they're figuring out the realities of game development from home. Yeah, like, I, I think yeah. that's what took so long. Because I, yeah. you know, at first when E3 was canceled, we were still not, like, quite sure how serious it was going to be, how long we were going to be remote. I mean, we weren't remote at the time. Um, like, I, I bet it's like, oh, it's digital, we can work it out. And then the longer it goes on, it's like, you know what? I don't know if this is yeah. going to work. Yeah, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, whatever Sony's doing or if Microsoft will try and scoop up some of or any of Bethesda's reveals for for whatever they present during E3. But yeah, yeah it's wild to think because like Kotaku had that story a while ago uh, about how Warner Brothers was going to have their first ever mm-hmm. press conference at E3 this year too. And so I was like, yeah, I wonder what uh, are they going to do? Are they going to abandon Batman. this whole thing too? <laughs> yeah. Just or just knowing what Rocksteady is doing. Just anything, just please. release a trailer, you cowards. Just do it. It's been... <laughs> years you started teasing that game 
was it October last year? Yeah, yeah. it was a long time ago. Yeah, the Montreal ago. game? Yeah. Yeah, yep. the Montre- Montreal game started teasing last year on the Batman anniversary. And then, um, oh, what's the guy's name? Snyder. It's, uh, Scott Snyder. Scott Snyder. I wanted to say Zack Snyder. I was like, no. I was, <laughs> That's what I was about to say that too. Uh, Me too. Scott Snyder like quote tweeted it, and he was like, "Oh yeah, Court of Owls is gonna oh, be no. great." And then She's immediately, frozen. it happened again. No, she'll be back soon. Am I back? <laughs> yes, you're back. Okay, good. I just was. I was just complaining that you know, it's Court of Owls. It has to be, or at least they're in it at some point. I just need to know. I just need a new Batman game. <laughs> it's like the only thing that I want right now is for Rocksteady and or Warner Montreal. To just tell me what they're doing. My brother has been replaying Arkham City out of desperation. Not that playing Arkham when... City is a desperate act, just like he needs something. No. Yeah. You saw Tamor's uh, Kevin Conroy thing, right? No. Mm. Oh my god. Tamor got Kevin Conroy, uh, the voice of Batman, if, if you're not aware, uh, to on Cameo to record a thing for him. Because you know how Tamor's goof <sighs> is that he always talks about when it's his birthday on twitter and it's his birthday a yeah. lot yeah he had kevin conroy he had batman back him up and it's legit maybe the coolest thing i've ever seen okay hang on what when is this? this what is this cameo he this thing on, he did so cameo is an app where celebrities uh you can pay celebrities to give you shout outs tamor gave kevin conroy money and you give them a script too so mm. i'll i'll dig it out i'll send it into this this chat later we can maybe link it in the podcast notes but uh he's got he's got batman backing him up that's amazing they have to like agree to read the thing but like uh the yeah. actor who plays like arthur morgan what's his name again arthur um, oh, his name. i just want to uh, say rob whiteoff but that's marston no oh uh, i can see his face clark um, I'm, clark something Ro- clark roger, roger clark, clark. Yes, roger clark. Yes, yes yes uh, he read one on cameo that was like trans rights it was like about how like yeah it was it was pro trans people and everyone was like arthur morgan supports trans rights and it was great yeah i feel like that would work out yeah that that would fit the lore okay right yeah absolutely sure (laughs) anyway Uh, before we move on i should say that i didn't actually make it that far in news stories i got about like a day and a half in and i was like there's too many news stories i'm gonna leave it at this so there are definitely some things here missing uh one thing i don't have on here though is the all the stuff about gearbox i don't know if we need to get into so, that so mm. callie when you said i'm gonna start off with something big i was like "Ooh, we're doing pitchford chat okay yeah. <laughs> let's, get the, let's get the tea out no um yeah so wow i, I ignore his existence as much as he I can. was uh a trending topic on my Twitter today. Yeah, he still is. I mean, for some background, right, was a lot of Gearbox employees were promised like six-figure bonuses, five-figure bonuses, and all this kind of stuff after Borderlands 3 shipped. And then they announced today that they weren't doing that. Uh, Kotaku wrote up about it. Some sources told them, um, which is rough. Uh, And then the other part was that upon the beginning of the development of Borderlands 3, apparently Pitchford took a, uh, was it $12 million, $16 million payout? A large Something bonus. Like a lot, a big, big old bonus. Has so, he... Yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say that in the huge... And um, one of the really sad things is, like, the developers obviously went through crunch to get the game out. Uh, there was an engine change in the middle of development. It was a hard, long, protracted 
development cycle, the game sold incredibly well, but they were promised these bonuses according to the Kotaku piece. And, you know, that's what that was getting them through. And now it's not happening. Because the explanation from Pitchford apparently in this meeting was like, well, we've expanded. We have the Montreal studio now. I think they expanded some other place as well. And so we kind of need it for the business overall. Has Pitchford tweeted about it, though? I don't know. That's... I looked before noon and I didn't see anything. I... <laughs> I'd be surprised if he hasn't said something about it. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's have a look. Okay. Somebody uh, must have put him in a straitjacket to make him not tweet about this yet. I mean, that, yeah, is, that is a lot of restraint for that guy. The last thing he retweeted was about uh, Golden Keys. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's what I saw. It. He I was like, read the room, in, man. In, <laughs> he hasn't tweeted in 24 hours. He hasn't tweeted since... Uh, hmm. Well, if you want... Two, you can support Jordan Ramey's piece on GameSpot about the problematic aspects of the Lovecraft theme Borderlands 3 DLC. Because I think that people like to be racist about his opinion on that. So it would be nice to get some nice positive voices on that piece. Hmm. It's the Guns, Love, and Tentacles DLC, and it's yeah sounds pretty problematic, so... Yeah, I have. I mean, just in other gearboxes. We haven't. We started playing it the other day, and honestly, like, I was playing it in a group, and I wasn't listening to the game at all, which you know is par for the course with me in Borderlands. So my reading, reading Jordan's piece, I'm like, kind of glad. No. Yeah, my understanding is that the the plot of the game is that there's two gay black men, and uh, one of them needs to turn into a straight white man out of for purity reasons and then the that's like the antagonist goal but the game doesn't in like interrogate that at all so oh. huh it's it's rough is that allowed weird no. <laughs> is that allowed <laughs> yeah anyway other news anyway, stories <laughs> switch remasters of super mario 64 oh, thank galaxy God. and oh, more thank reportedly God. Okay. on the way <laughs> there we go mario to save the day hell yeah <laughs> Oh, man. I haven't Jumping. played any of those, so what? Really? I haven't played Galaxy. I haven't played Galaxy either. I never had Nintendo. Like, I didn't have a Nintendo sixty four when I was growing up or anything like that. The only Nintendo I had was uh, I had a Game Boy Color, and the only thing I played on it exclusively was Pokemon Red, Pokemon Yellow, and The Mummy Returns. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, wait, one of those no, no. games is really I, good. I also had Alone in the Dark. <laughs> nice, well done. That's it. That's excellent. Uh, super super yeah. exciting. It is that natural thing of the game industry of like, ah, I, I wish this just hit me out of left field in a direct at some point of like, this coming to Switch, this coming to Switch, but equally exciting today, I guess, to open that present, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah I'm so that... excited to play Galaxy for the first time. Sorry, Jake. Oh, I was just going to say it's weird that we didn't, they didn't put that in the direct at all. Um, I also didn't believe it at first because it was like reports are saying that this is coming to to Switch, and I was like, well, reports have been saying that we're going to get the Metroid Prime trilogy on Switch for the past four <laughs> it's years. It's coming, so it's coming. We'll yeah. see. Um, but no, this is super exciting, because like, Callie, I've never, I haven't played Galaxy, and everyone says that's one of the best, but I can't imagine it being better than Super Mario Sunshine. That's right, there's my stance. Ooh, Wait. <laughs> okay, you, you're smiling. You know what <laughs> you're saying right now. You. There's fascinating stuff, though, just trying to figure out, like, how they're going to port some of those games. Like, Galaxy in particular is like, okay, it's doable. But I'm trying to remember, like, 
you go in the little star launcher and I think you shake the Wiimote to like launch yourself out. And like, I'm not a fan of waggle controls in general, but like that was strangely satisfying. So hopefully they just really pack a lot of rumble into this thing. Just more HD rumble than you can imagine to launch yourself out of that star to have some of the same effect. <laughs> and if you have a switch light, you're shit out of luck. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> shake the screen a little bit, but yeah. So it's going to be like this big celebration of Mario. So I guess Mario's anniversary is in September. September for the Japanese release, so I don't know if they're just going to dump it all on that day or trickle it out, but then they also said in these Eurogamer uh, and VGC reports that a new Paper Mario is coming this year, which is very exciting to hear. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm ready for another Paper Mario game. It's oh, for sure. a thousand year door re- like re-release and Switch. Absolutely. Well, this is the exciting thing is God, I forget who it was. There was somebody on Twitter, some trustworthy sleuth a while ago that was talking about how Nintendo was going to release a new Paper Mario this year and that apparently it's kind of like a return to its RPG roots and getting away from, you know, the less the less than great entries over the last 10 years or so, but going back to like that Thousand Year Door formula, which is just perfect. Yeah, that game was good. Man, I think this is going to be a big year for Nintendo. <laughs> With all these Mario games, and then like it's already been a big year for Nintendo. Yeah, it's already been a big year, but like the the rumors that they're gonna surprise drop Zelda at the end of the year too are kind of getting more oh, Zelda Breath it. of the Wild too, which is like when people first started talking about it, I was like, now that can't happen. But as things yeah. have been going on, it's been kind of like, yeah, I I could see that actually happening, which would be exciting. I mean, we don't know anything; this is just speculation, but. uh Okay, make the call, though. I think Giant Bomb talked about this maybe like a year ago on the Bombcast, but do you think they will call this All-Stars 2? Do you think they'll be so bold as to make this all bundled together and just go in that go in that retro Ooh. route? Because that'd be fun, wouldn't it? Oh, just mm. like all the Mario games bundled together? So all the 3D stuff, and then just call it Super Mario All-Stars 2. Oh. Huh. I don't know. I don't It'd know. be a fun angle if they want it. Yeah, it would be. They could have it. It's theirs. Nintendo. Please do it. Do the fun thing. I wonder if it depends on how like crazy the remasters are going to be. You know, like if their remasters are just more ports. Um, because if they're like if they redo them, like I don't know, from head to toe, I could see them just doing full price games for each of them. But maybe if they are just remasters, I'll be like, here they are, are all stars too. Yeah, it'd be so fun to see Mario 64 in Odyssey's engine. I mean, they started to... <gasps> totally. There's that one yeah. level, at least, that looks so great. So it's like, well, they were inching that direction. So maybe in the last three years, they've been working hard at it. Fingers crossed. Yeah. yeah. For a while there, you could have played Super Mario 64 in Dreams. Not anymore, though. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> least part of it. Maybe that's why. Uh, yeah. Anyway, speaking of Nintendo Switch, the Switch prices surged due to a shortage. Turns out a lot of people are trying to order Nintendo Switches right now because they don't have a lot to do. And unfortunately, a lot of places are sold out. And I saw some prices going up to like $400, $380 for Nintendo Switches, which is insane. Yeah. I'm just going to change my... Um, I bought a, a, cl- a clear case for it, the Atomic Purple case, and I was going to change it. And then all this happened and I went, I'm not going to do that in case I mess it up. Because if I, like, if I, I can play Animal Crossing from bed, yeah, I've got a pro controller, that's fine. But my favorite thing is to, like, have it on my desk as I'm working and sort of check my turnip prices. And I won't be able to do that because <laughs> if I mess up and break my controllers. So, yeah, that sucks. 
especially sucks when people sort of take advantage of the situation and like mm-hmm. so i've seen it more than a few tweets of people just stockpiling them and then price like, gouging no. yeah yeah but yeah did you see that um slight tangent but not really like the new york is it new york times article where it's like hey you should be playing video games and it's like, yeah okay we know but you know been trying to tell you for years but thanks yeah. thanks right. yeah 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 I, I hope it's actually helpful i hope they like explain that hey if you use discord or screen sharing like you can play jackbox remotely like the, yeah. i hope they give like some good strategies in it at least yeah Probably not. Sort of like, <laughs> it has been it has been wild to see the conversation change from video games are harmful to video games can help you in this time of need and it's like Video games have been helping people in their times of need for years now. But literally the World Health Organization was like, you should play video games. And like, there's an article from like last year where it's like, video game addiction's real. (laughs) I mean, I don't don't doubt that. Like you can get to a point where you are addicted to video games, but overall they are massively helpful to people. Yeah, like you can get, I mean, like people get addicted to other things that generally people aren't shitty about, so... I would say I, I have a worse it. addiction to my phone oh, than yeah. anything oh, else. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like, yeah. and yet, you know, that's fine. Yeah. Games not doctors. We are not doctors. But <laughs> I did do my dissertation in video game addiction. But wow. Oh, right. You actually did yeah. psychology and you know things. <laughs> but... <laughs> anyway so, before we get on to listener questions uh one last thing i do want to mention is final fantasy 7 is shipping early in some regions on purpose but square sent out a tweet being like hey please don't spoil this for anyone good luck i mean i would yeah, say I if mean... you're excited for final fantasy 7 and you're not getting that game early like uh, just i don't know i don't want to say avoid the internet right now but you know like be very careful when you scroll in the comment sections, line up those through. muted words. Yeah, yeah line I, up I, those I, muted words. Like I got part of Half-Life Alex spoiled for me because oh there no. was a YouTube video that was like, here's what happens at the end. And it showed a picture. No. And I was like, oh no, that's more than I would ever want to see. Thank you. Uh, I, I, I remember that. the name of the channel, but I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to call him out right here, but I was, I was bummed. Call uh, him out after. I want to know. Yeah, I want to yeah. know. <laughs> oh, I'll say after. You, you won't be surprised at all. I'll say it and you're like, oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Mm. Some real uh, the thing about Final Fantasy is I know that people are just saying, hey, Square, push the button on digital. But I do wonder, there must be more steps for them to follow than just being able to push it live, right? Yeah, I believe so. Because I know like even just generating codes ahead of time, that is not like a simple process for companies to do, like even to just give like, us codes. Like there's even a financial element to that so and you know there's deals with publishers and agreements and you know advertising changing ads to say available now like yeah yeah, i mean all of that it's not that simple i would say yeah on the on the spoiler front too my worst fear and i think it's probably the case is i think square has spoiled the hell out of this thing on their own too like maybe just because I've been paying, yeah, paying too much attention mm-hmm. to the trailer trailers and studying them and dissecting them too much. But it's one of those things where like putting all the trailers and all the clips that I've seen together at this point, it's like, I think we've seen almost everything in this game. Maybe they'll save oh. like one twist in there somewhere. But I mean, I think we've seen like the last shot of the game even like it's pretty thorough because they've been trying to wring marketing out of this thing for five years at this point, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I think that game is going to be very short. 
like not not like six hours like resident evil length right but i think that game's gonna be like under 20 hours maybe to finish part one and then you're going to be waiting for part two part three and then in a couple years from now on the next generation of consoles it'll be like here's the full package at full length which kind of makes sense because it seems like the detail they are going for that would be really hard to like put all of that into one 60 hour game but i imagine the budget for this game is massive so Ooh, or this yeah. series I can't imagine. Yeah, I mean, I love it. What I played at the demo is just perfect. I'm so excited for it. But I th- I worry, though, I hate being negative, but I worry that, like, they will try and pad it out a little bit from the sequences that we've seen by just doing kind of, like, fetch quests or, like, every once in a while I see those glimpses of, like, just walking around Midgar and doing side quests and delivering packages for kids. And it's like, oh, no, is this how they're going to kind of stretch out that, that running clock a little <laughs> bit? So I'm worried about that a little bit. Yeah. Well, anyway, Lucy, do you want to take the first question here? Oh, shall I? Actually, hold on. Before you get into it, if you have questions for us, email us at afterdarkpodcast at gamespot.com or we have just put up our Discord server. And so far, it has been great. If you want in, please email us, tweet at us, whatever it might be. Just get a hold of us and we'll get you in there as soon as possible. Uh, A couple of these questions are actually from the Discord server. So if you have questions and you want to see it right away, you can just drop it in a... Yeah, join our Discord server. We have a channel right there for mm-hmm. listener questions. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. So this is from Triceratops on Discord who says, Most people are now in isolation and wondering what to do with their time. Somewhere out there, there is someone who has never ever played a video game and has now got the urge to change their entire lives, blow their minds and play a game. So my question is, what game or games would you suggest for a first time gamer to get them through these shitest of days? Whew. Animal Crossing. I said shyest because I'm British. It's spelled shyest. I just love saying shite. It's good. It's really good. I mean, Animal Crossing is just on the top of everybody's mind, but it's such a perfect mm-hmm. choice. Like, you know, for a game club, we had so many people write in talking about how, like, oh, I've been trying to get my wife or even, like, my kids into video games for years and years and years, and finally it took with Animal Crossing New Horizons. And there's something about just... There's not a threat. It's all just relaxed. The camera is not a hassle at all. You know, it's just perfect for an entry point. But maybe somebody would jump in and be like, this is stupid. What are these animals doing? What am I supposed to do? How do I win? So maybe maybe it's not the best. Yeah, I mean, you do have to take into account the person that you're recommending it to. So, like, mm-hmm. I really want to try to get my mom to play Animal Crossing. I keep showing her, like, Twitter photos of, like, people's cute rooms because she likes house decorating. So I'm Ooh, like, wow, okay. look what you can do Ooh. in Animal Crossing. Um, but I think like there's options for people who like, you know, if you have somebody who's like really into like, like if they're really into like story based Mm. things, so books is what that would be. If you're not talking about a video game books or movies, then maybe like a, you could choose like something like. You know, I don't like to say this, but in the walking simulator vein. That's an approachable thing for people to play. It kind of gets people acquainted with um, video game controls. And then, you know, they're familiar with how stories are told already. Mm-hmm. And so a, a really interesting narrative can pull people through, even if they're intimidated by the mechanics of something. Um, I wonder I wonder if the walking simulator thing, though, like that first person, like controlling that camera, I think would be a lot for yeah, somebody. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, so I what know, about my parents both play video games, so I've like never yeah. had to deal with this. We uh, had this article, we crowdsourced an article on the editorial side that was like, um, 
games to play with people who don't play video games. And I was like, I have never had to do this. <laughs> I don't think I have nothing to contribute. Um, Cause like my mom doesn't really play a lot of games anymore, but she's the one who like, like played a bunch of games with me. So it's like getting her to play Animal Crossing is more just convincing her that she has time to do it than anything else. So yeah. I'm not really the best, you know, she really liked Brain Age cause there was Sudoku. Maybe there's something there. Yeah. The new good. Brain Age is not out in the U.S. though, so that's only for those of you who are uh, not in the U.S. Yeah. Um, I I remember talking about this last year on the podcast, but Erica, because it's designed oh, specifically for people who don't play games, but because you're playing it on your phone, like the first thing it has you do is flip open a a lighter and light it. But because you know what that motion is in real life, it's really easy for you to do it in the game, and you don't have to kind of deal with the video game language i guess of walking your character around it's like super yeah, it's simple intuitive. to interact with things yeah, yeah. but i mean the I problem gonna... there is like barrier to entry is you need to have a playstation 4 yeah that's tough i think if you have figured out like video conferencing with your family or with people that don't play video games <clears throat> i do think the jackbox games are the best and yeah. jackbox party pack 3 is still i think the strongest out of that out of that batch with uh, Quiplash and then TKO or Drawful 2 is fantastic and I mean the Jackbox team has just been giving it away at this point it was on sale on Switch for like six cents it's just absurd um, or, TKO is so good it's so fun um, or if you want like something more focused and single player for these folks who don't play games like on the story front even something like Florence on mobile might be an yeah. interesting choice just nice short and simple mm-hmm. and then if you're into more systemic stuff uh, just get threes just introduce threes to somebody threes, and I yeah. think it'll take over their mind. I, st- I play threes every day. I play it every day and yeah, I have for like good. years. Wait, threes? Yeah. Oh my God, that's amazing. Okay. I've, I've played threes every day for like five years. <laughs> that's stunning. I don't even think about it. It's just part of my life. Right, right. Of course. <laughs> Uh, I I was going to say The Witness, I think, could be a good one. I guess that is a similar roadblock, right? You have to have a PlayStation 4 PC. I don't know if it's on Xbox. I think it's on on Xbox Xbox. now. But I I think that's a pretty good one to go with. I actually have been wanting to show my mom in particular that because I think she'll get very into it. Um, I I don't know. like, Like, you do have to understand how to, like, control the character in a video game world, right, with, like, control sticks and like one's adjusting camera one's adjusting movement but i think those puzzles are like just because you play a lot of games doesn't mean the puzzles are going to be any easier doesn't mean they're going to be quicker for you to pick up it's still everyone starts at that same level and it is really satisfying to explore that world and do a lot of those puzzles yeah yeah that's a good one i've seen people talking about overcooked being a good one Personally, I would get way too heated playing Overcooked with someone who didn't play video games because yeah. I already <laughs> get pretty heated with people playing Overcooked. But a lot of people talk about playing with like their boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever and having a nice time. So if that's if you're not, uh, I guess a piece of shit like I am, uh, it might be good. <laughs> if your communication skills are above like Stella, then Overcooked is the one for you. Well, anyway, uh, let's do one more question here before we wrap it up. I think I'm going to do this one from Robert J on Discord as well. 
after hearing about Tam's Bloodborne Platinum Trophy, what are some of your proudest achievements or moments in games? I think we've had a similar question to this before, mm. actually, at one point. Yeah, we but, kind of talked about this last week, or like being jealous of someone else's achievement. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we did. Well, maybe we can just say something quickly, and then we can do one more after that. Because uh, mm-hmm. I was going to say mine is, uh, I got the Sekiro 1000 uh, gamer score on that, which was pretty nice. cool. And then I maxed, I got all of them in Modern Warfare 1, which I was very proud of, because uh, the Mile High Club on Veteran was a pain in the ass. was an absolute oh pain God. in the ass. I got to watch that at some point. Slight tangent. Didn't they tease something for Sekiro like a while ago? And it hasn't come what? out yet? I don't think so. I don't remember. Was it just like a bunch of wallpapers? I remember seeing something that they released. I don't know. Are you thinking of Ghost of Tsushima? No, it was, okay. definitely, it was definitely Sekiro. Huh. Tam, Tam, I'll message him. I'm trying to think. It's before the Age of Achievements, but uh, beating Metal Gear Solid 2 on Extreme back in the day was, I think my greatest achievement not being great overall but like because that is absurd I, you end up fighting like 40 metal gear rays or something it is just bonkers how much they dial that game up um i would say every battle royale win i've ever gotten yeah yeah that <laughs> I, feels yeah. pretty damn good jake do you remember that day i got three chicken dinners in one day that i do incredible. yeah that's amazing and like um, I feel like getting wins in PUBG is very different than getting wins in other games because yeah. not only were you fighting against other players, you're also fighting against like the jank of that game as you were playing it. I think they were all solo wins too. Nice. No, we got one at the end of the day, I remember. I think there were two solo wins. Oh, I had wins, two solo and then wins. We got and then one, one at the end of the day that was ridiculous. Hmm. I would also say uh, that as a child, I was able to fully mentally map out Banjo-Kazooie and I would just tell my mom where all the collectibles were. That is good. I was Pretty like, good. your mom would be very proud of you for that. <laughs> um, I'm very proud. So I have all the achievements in Mass Effect 2 because I've played that game like six times. Um, but I'm also really proud of having the worst play of the game in Overwatch that me or any of my friends have ever seen. <laughs> Um, I remember I've talked about this before, but it's on Route 66. I'm playing a soldier. I run into a skirmish, die, get rezzed by a mercy, and then I just miss all of my shots. And then I hit, I accidentally hit the Farah who is mid alt and killed her. And so I got the play of the game because I technically <laughs> did a shutdown. <laughs> And it's awful. And uh, there is a clip of it online somewhere. I think our friend posted it on his YouTube. And it's just everyone laughing at me. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm most proud of. Nice. Um, Callie, do you want to read this last question? Yes. Hey, After Dark crew, I wanted to try something at your discretion, of course. I want to thank you for keeping this going during this crazy time and hope you are well and doing your best to keep your sanity as you are helping me keep some semblance of normalcy. You all remind me of my group of friends from college that would just hang out and drink and talk about all manner of things. So one of the things we do from time to time is go through hypotheticals from a famous humorist of ours, a favorite humorist of ours, Chuck Klosterman. Here goes. You are offered a brain pill. If you swallow this pill, you will become 10% more intelligent than you currently are. You will be more adept at reading comprehension, logic, and critical thinking. 
However, to all other people you know and to all future people you meet, you will seem 20% less intelligent. In other words, you will immediately become smarter, but the rest of the world will perceive you as dumber. And there is no way you can ever alter the universality of that perception. Do you take this pill? Thanks again for all you do. Take care. Will Column from Des Moines, Iowa. No. No, I don't. No. (laughs) (laughs) Of course not. Yeah, no. I, I would take the opposite pill. I would take the opposite pill too. <laughs> really? What's the point no, of taking I wouldn't. that pill if no one's gonna take you seriously and just think you'd be you're being? Yeah, you'd be ten well, percent better at solving math equations. Sudoku. Like... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who cares? It would be for your own personal enrichment, right? But at the same time, if you were going to try to contribute anything to science, no one would ever approve your. I mean, but it depends like, how smart you are. Science. To anything. To anything. Humans are a social... Everything pretty much humans do in terms of behavior is in order to increase their standing. Oh, Jake's computer is on fire. The camera went out. Wow. It's been on too long. Oh, great. It's time to wrap up this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're all in agreement we're not going to take the pill. Yeah, no no pill, please. I'm perfectly happy with my level of intelligence. (laughs) Me too. As Lisa Simpson, wait, really quickly, uh, really quickly, as Lisa Simpson says, as intelligence goes up, happiness often goes down. Nice. And I, I thought you were gonna, I thought you were gonna <laughs> say, as Lisa Simpson once says, like you know, whatever. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's been episode thirty-five of Gamespot After Dark. Thank you so much for tuning in and sticking with us during this. Uh, strange time. I hope you all are doing well and staying safe and staying healthy. Uh, make sure to check out GameSpot.com and, of course, go check out MinMax. See what yeah. they're doing over there. They're doing a lot of great stuff. Thank uh, you so much. Ben, do you have any plug, other plugs you want to share? Anything yeah. Anything coming up? Uh, the MinMax Show podcast is our main podcast. It's super fun. Uh, we talked about uh, the Mario games. We ranked the 3D Mario games with um, David Sims from the Blank Check podcast. If you listen to that film podcast, so it's it fun having him on. And then this Friday on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash show, we're launching a new show where we're reviewing screenshots from the community called Photo Mode Snap that I'm very excited about. Thanks. So awesome. check it out. Uh, Callie, what about you? Um, well, you can find me on Twitter at InkyDojiko, I-N-K-Y-D-O-J-I-K-K-O. And, um, yeah, please watch those Pokemon videos, the uh, competitive <laughs> Pokemon Explains. <laughs> please watch them. Um, and then on top of that, uh, please check out, um, we've been hard at work at GameSpot on Animal Crossing guides. I'm really proud of them. Um, I've, I've done a lot of work for them, so... If you, if, if they, I guess, I mean, they're doing well, so it's not like the Pokemon videos where I'm like begging you to please watch them. But um, if they've, if you found them helpful or if you find anything that is missing, please let me know either way. Um, and I'll get on that. And uh, please check out the final review because the review could use more views, actually. <laughs> Thank you. And Lucy. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Lucy James Games, and I've actually been working on a new thing. Um, so, given the weird time that we're all living in, um, annoyingly, I was working on this, and then John Krasinski made one. But it's like it's a kind of a good news show. We kind of have a working title of Good News Gaming. It should be up by the time this podcast goes out. But it's kind of highlighting just some feel-good news stories about gaming that maybe got lost in the shuffle because everyone is obviously 
preoccupied with what's going on in the world. And that's, you know, it's super important that everyone stays informed, but there's a lot of cool stuff happening still that we wanted to highlight. So look out for that. Um, Dave did an amazing episode of Loadout that's live uh, about how the BFG originally started as a toy that the guys at id found in a toys r us it's really cool Hmm. uh and next week kurt is doing an episode of remember when shot from his house and it looks amazing um about that random resident evil song from the dualshock version uh and the crazy story behind that and also because my my team's been doing a lot recently and for some reason it's all coming out at once um we shot audio logs last year with um sojima-san from Atlas, the character designer on Persona 5 and Persona 5 Royal, uh, all about the new character Kasumi, and that's finally going up. Maybe it's already going up. We're just in final negotiations on it, let's say. Awesome. Please There's be a excited. lot to check out. Please be excited. <laughs> and you can find me at Jacob Deck. And if you want to get into this, this Discord, please let us know. Uh, we've got about 50 or so people in so far. We're not letting. We're not putting the link out there so anyone can join quite yet. We're just trying to like gauge who's interested in, in getting um, mostly like listeners of the podcast, people who tune into the live streams and whatnot in there first and just kind of see what it's like, see how people are, uh, see what people are thinking of it. But anyway, that's all we've got. That's that on that. See you next that's week. That's that on that. Bye. Bye.